Welcome to NucleCast, the official podcast of the Amla Deterrence Our host is Dr. Adam Wilder, co-founder and vice president for research at the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. The NY Deterrence Center is a 501c3 organization ensuring a broader understanding of the nation's strategic nuclear deterrent and its ongoing modernization. Thank you for listening and welcome to the show. The views of the host and the guests are their own. Welcome back to another exciting episode of NucleCast. Of course, I'm your host, Adam Wilder. And today, of course, as always, we have a great guest. We're joined on this fine day by Deputy Associate Administrator for Management at the National Nuclear Security Administration, Marcus Leah. And we are going to talk about one of the, you know, one of the important topics that we talk about a lot on Nuclecast, and that of course is human capital and growing the workforce because we have so many important programs. And you know, we're looking at potentially a couple of new starts for weapons like the B sixty one thirteen, and and if we have a uh, you know if, if there's going to be a new warhead for a potential sea based uh, cruise missile, you know that that's another potential program. And so we need the workforce to be able to make all that happen. And and this it's an unprecedented time for NNSA. Lots is going on. And of course, Marcus is the guy responsible to make sure that workforce is there to accomplish all of these tasks. Marcus, thanks for joining us on NucleCast. Thank you, Adam, and and really pleased to be here with you. So as we think about all of the programs that are ongoing that, you know, may start and you're need to sort of fill that expanding role for NNSA. Tell us about some of the the ways, the activities, the things you're doing to make all of that possible. Yes, that's a great question, Adam. Thank you very much. You know, one of the things that we have um, realized within NNSA over the last, I'll say, three years is that recruitment and retention of our talent is really a primary uh, focus of ours should be primary a primary focus. Uh, we have taken on the uh, recruitment aspect and evolved that in a way that allows us to leverage the full nuclear security enterprise. So one of the things that we have seen that has been very effective for us is to is taking all of the resources of all of our labs, plants, and sites, as well as our federal recruitment activity and leveraging the strategic kind of approach and resources associated with that to hire those folks that we need to support the nuclear security mission across the board. We recently just held a a service academy career conference, um, career fair. We attended that. That was in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I got to tell you, it was well attended. We had nuclear security enterprise presence there. We were all working together to ensure that we identified talent that would support the entire enterprise and that we gathered those resumes and bring those back and make contact with those folks to ensure that we kind of pull them into um, understanding what our enterprise is about and and potential employment opportunities. Um, One of the things that I think has been um, another strategy that we've used is ensuring that folks understand what our mission is and how important it is to our nation and to the world. Um, we oftentimes 
um, come across individuals who say NNSA, is that, you know, what is that? Or in, they'll call us NSA, um, you know, by accident or NASA. I think even at the event, there were folks that were saying, is this NASA? No, it's not NASA. We actually have a mission that's much better than NASA, um, in my opinion, not to not to begrudge them, but we, we have a very impactful mission uh, that is just as exciting as theirs. Um, and so one of the things that we've really tried to do is to in uh, engage with our uh, potential candidates and help them to understand more about what we do um, and the great work um, we have going on at all of our labs, plants, and sites. Once you get a sense of that, once you have had an opportunity to understand the impact of that, the fact that it supports the safety and security of our country, um, as well as um, our allies uh, around the world, um, and our freedoms and way of life, I think that really kind of starts to give people a sense of, you know, giving back, you know, this it taps into this, this desire to give back as they are uh, considering, um, you know, who they want to work with. Um, that's one of the things that we've seen with the younger generation in particular is that the type of work they do and the feeling that it gives them when it comes to um, contributing to the community and, and society is very important. And we think we have a an excellent uh, value proposition as it relates to that. Um, and re we really try to highlight that. So um, leveraging the support of our nuclear security enterprise as a, as, a, as a unit has been really important for us, ensuring that individuals understand what we do and the importance of that work and how it gives them the opportunity to contribute to um, our freedoms as a country uh, and the safety and security that we all enjoy, um, it has been very impactful to us. Now, how have, because, you know, I've, you know, I've spent most of my career as a professor in the professional military education system and, you know, ran nuclear schools and, and did things of that sort. And I've, as I've worked with civilian academics, civilian academia tends not to be particularly supportive of, you know, the mission that the DOD nuclear enterprise and NNSA does. And so you have to recruit in a world where you don't have, you know, a cheering crowd saying, Hey, go work for these guys. They, you know, they build the nation's nuclear warheads. So how do you sort of sell that mission to folks and say, Hey, I, I know, you know, maybe you've not heard all this, but here, are, here's the reason these, these things are really important and they really matter. What, what are you doing that helps, you know, convey that message and, and helps young people say, you know what, I might've heard this, but I, I didn't know about all these positive things. W what are you doing to make all that happen? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Adam. And I, I, totally understand what you're talking about there with kind of the the focus of academia on kind of the broader spectrum of opportunities out there. Um, so one of the things that we try to do is to leverage the technical staff that we have um, within NNSA to be able to communicate during information sessions or career fairs, the no kidding um, science of what we do, the, 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 the exciting nature of the work we are engaged in. Um, we think what that does is it has a way of overcoming, I think, some of the um, 
unaware, the, the, the unawareness or, or, you know, just not people not knowing uh, about uh, the, the degree to which we engage in those scientific activities um, and those research opportunities. And I think it provides a, a more deeper understanding of the work we do. So leveraging the technical talent, the STEM folks that we've got doing the work every day, um, the very exciting work every day to be able to explain more deeply what we do and how that work gets gets accomplished is very important in, in, in that regard. I think also just ensuring that, you know, we balance the message with the, you know, the fact that we, we operate in a world that sometimes is, um, it, it's a challenge. I mean, it, there, there are, um, there are people who don't like our way of, of life as a, as a, as a, as a country. And so we have to, um, or that they don't share our values. And so we have to always be mindful of um, the nuclear deterrent as a way to preserve our, our ultimately our way of living. And I think being able to appeal to that as a way to contribute um, is, is one of the ways that I think we try to get at that, uh, that component. You know, it's always going to be very competitive for talent. Uh, you know, I mean, competition is great. We've got so many different um, industries vying for STEM talent. I mean, you can't, you know, you got the Googles, of course, and you got all of these different and different organizations that are doing all kinds of things to get the best talent. Um, really and truly, it, it, it really is about the impact that you get to make on your uh, fellow citizens' lives. I think that is that is a key message for us. Um, whenever we go to recruit, we're constantly communicating about the impact of the work we do um, and the opportunity to be able to uh, engage in that work um, to appeal to that sense of um, of being able to make a difference, um, a real difference uh, that will be lasting um, in many instances um, throughout our society. So. Uh, that that's kind of how we do that, Adam. So one of the challenges that, you know, it, it's, it's a national challenge. It's not necessarily an NSA challenge, but it, it affects the NSA. And it, it's this notion of when American kids go to college, they have a tendency not to go into this, the kinds of STEM fields that, you know, NSA, for example, needs a lot of talent in. And I think back to the space program and when, you know, when we said, hey, we're going to go to the moon, that really sort of energized young kids to say, hey, I want to I want to study those things because I'm you know, I might want to be an astronaut. And, and we saw this influx of American youth going into these programs. And I wonder for 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 us you know as nuclear enterprise folks how do we get americans to shift their interest into nuclear engineering material science mechanical engineering all of these kinds of engineering fields that we're just not seeing our youth sort of flock to do you are you guys finding that you have programs that are sort of helping you there? Is it by pairing with specific schools? Is it a national effort? What are you guys doing to at least try to meet your own needs? Adam, that that's a great question, and you know, inspiring our youth um, is one of the things that we strive to do, particularly through uh, one of our um, 
programs is the Minority Serving Institutions Partnership Program. Um, we are dealing with um, programs that support STEM education from K through uh, graduate level uh, education. And so this program allows us to be able to build that pipeline um, and to encourage uh, students um, and support students as they seek these these more STEM focused opportunities. Um, it's really about inspiring students to understand what opportunities exist and how our technology is used and um, what benefit it has to the country. Um, it's it's the inspiration aspect of what we do has to be essential to that. I worked, I used to work for NASA, actually. Um, I served as the um, HR director for Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville. And I can tell you that um, one of the things that NASA does is it, it leverages an education program that starts very young with inspiring kids about space and things of that nature. We are attempting to do something very similar through our Minority Serving Institution Partnership Program is just let folks understand what your STEM talent, what, what getting a degree in STEM could mean for you and how it supports not only going into you know uh, the space industry, but also um, our, our nuclear security, nonproliferation, um, and ensuring that we've got a nuclear deterrent that uh, will allow us to be able to continue with, you know, our, our way of life, you know, and, and so it can be difficult. It's a difficult sell, I think, with, with, with the, the, the generation that we're, 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 we're talking about. But if we, if we communicate effectively how a, an education in STEM can support many avenues of opportunity, inclusive of what we do. Um, not, we don't. We're not saying that we don't want to necessarily um, prevent um, folks who want to go into STEM from going to work for these other industries that support our national interest. Um, but we certainly want to broaden that pool or make that pool bigger so that it, we can leverage that for the nuclear security enterprise as well. Inspiration is the key. If we can inspire with the type of technology and the things that we do, um, I, we can do it. And I got to tell you, I took a trip to Pantex uh, about six, six to nine months ago, I think it was, and I was absolutely floored by some of the things that I didn't realize we were engaged in. I mean, the, this, the, te the sheer technology of it was absolutely amazing to me, and I was inspired as a a uh, 24 um, year, you know, uh, civil servant, um, I was inspired um, by the work that was going on in support of national security and nonproliferation. And I think that same inspiration is what we've got to be able to communicate to, to the youth and having them involved, having them be able to get a sense of what that technology is, hearing from the people who are engaged in that work, providing them with you know, kind of a hands-on experience to the extent that we can, um, I think supports us being able to begin to turn kind of the tide of, you know, interest there, you know, bring them more to us. Um, and then one of the things that I've found as it relates to um, inspiring uh, youth is it's not a one and done. 
you've got to build relationships with 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 organizations that are engaged in this. You got to build relationships with the student cadre, and you got to be present and available to them to help them to understand that hey, I'm not just selling you on an opportunity or a discipline in this moment, but I am here to support you in any decisions that you make throughout your academic career. Those kinds of relationships really yield good results um, for us. We see that through our Minority Serving Institution Partnership Program. We see that through the relationships we've built through our NNSA Graduate Fellowship Program. It's another uh, great feeder program into uh, the nuclear security enterprise. Um, we consider it to be the premier uh, fellowship program in the government. Um, those are some of the things we're doing to try to ensure that we maintain those relationships, build those relationships, and continue to inspire youth and, and students at every level um, of education. So as you think about maintaining these ties, and you, you've talked about a couple of different programs that you have, I guess I wonder sometimes for, for, I think back to my own self and, you know, now being a guy who's pushing 50 and looking back and saying, you know, man, I wish if I would have known about all of these things when I was a young guy, because most of the opportunities that I think are really cool and I wish I would have taken, I had no clue even existed. There was nobody to sort of you know, mentor me and say, Hey, Adam, pursue this path, stick to it, do these things, take this step, not this step. Uh, are there sort of those very sort of heavy touch points where perhaps, you know, engineers or, you know, you, you mentioned using that technical talent where, you know, an engineer in a lab that's, let's say, sort of close to a, a few schools, that those engineers have said, Hey, you know what? I'll be that guy or that gal. And, and I'll, I'll talk to these kids and, and, you know, I'll be somebody they can call if they've got a question and I can, I'll mentor and give guidance. Can, can you talk about that kind of, you know, very one-on-one -on -one work is, is that going on and how is that going? Yeah. Yeah. So we do have mentors and mentee uh, programs that we sponsor within NSA and, and that we champion. Uh, we actually just had a group of students uh, that were coming to uh, the Washington, D.C. area about a month or so ago, and um, we were able to um, identify someone to go speak with them about opportunities with um, NNSA and kind of the work we do um, as a group. And that was kind of an ad hoc call we had gotten, um, but we take those opportunities seriously, and, and, and they are opportunities. Um, we can't we can't, um, and I can't over, um, I don't, don't want to underestimate the importance of those interactions um, from a group mentoring standpoint and from a one-on-one. -on -one. So we do do those. We leverage those across the enterprise. Um, the point that you make um, really resonates with me. I remember when I was pursuing a career uh, after getting out of graduate school, and I had no clue as to how the process worked. I had no clue as to where do I go to kind of plug into the stream of opportunities? It was all kind of, you know, um, learn as you go. And I had a lot of failure to to kind of behind me. Lessons learned, good lessons learned, um, but really saw the opportunity to be able to leverage those experiences to ensure that others who followed me did not have that same experience. It's, it's just a matter of knowledge 
And so I absolutely um, resonate with the point. The point you make resonates with me um, because it's it's one that um, we find with particularly on the on the federal side of things can be a little bit daunting. You know, how you apply for a federal job um, is a lot different than how you or in an internship even than how you might go about that, you know, in private sector in general. And then when you take into consideration the nuclear security enterprise and all of the opportunities uh, that we have within that cadre um, and the somewhat varied approach that could be used from one location to the next, um, it puts a premium on mentorship and understanding how those specific processes work. Uh, so we will have brown bags that we will um, that we will uh, put on, and those brown bags are intended to um, communicate to individuals who would like to participate what those processes are. We will leverage a platform called Brazen uh, to uh, get at kind of this virtual kind of recruitment and information sessions. We will have those as a way to get the word out about opportunities and start those those mentoring um, kind of moments. You know, have those have those mentoring moments be present which then allow those relationships to be built to inform and, and guide students as they um, are at key decision points throughout their matriculation. Um, but it's really about, we do, we do support mentorship. Um, that is a key part of how we um, pull in and feed the pipeline. Um, we do provide those information sessions, which is critical to getting the word out um, across the country about the opportunities and also supportive of this um, letting people know what we do um, objective as well and, and kind of evangelizing that point. Um, we utilize those in, in that way. And the event that we have going on, there's an event we have coming up on February 28th uh, that is absolutely supportive of this same kind of idea of understanding where the opportunities are, knowing who to plug into, um, knowing, uh, having access to individuals to talk with about the opportunities that's happening on February 28th at Claflin, uh, in, at, at Claflin University there in, in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And we are pleased to be able to announce that event um, and, and are excited to support the South Carolina Low Country. Um, we've had several um, engagements with the Low Country. Um, as you know, Savannah River is, is, is in that area, and um, it gives us the opportunity to, to recruit from that local community, um, as well as recruit for opportunities that exist across the nation. So this is a, this is a nuclear security enterprise event. Um, it is one that we, one of the many events that we do collectively with um, all of our partners across the NSE, and we really, again, are excited about the impact that it'll have to um, Claflin as, a, as, a, as an institution and, and, and other universities in that area, as well as um, the local community. One of the commitments that we made to the low country is that we would um, highlight more opportunities in that area. And uh, this is just following through on that. This episode of NucleCast is brought to you by the Amla Deterrence Center whose mission is to educate Americans about the nuclear enterprise and strategic deterrence. Now, let's suppose you, you've, you've done all of these things and you've had your events and you've, and you've identified talent 
And then, you know, for you and I, guys who have spent, you know, 20 years in the federal civil service, you then come up against this giant wall that is the federal civil service. And it's and it is not easy, at least on the DOD side. I mean, maybe you've you've cracked that code because you this is your specialty. But just saying, hey, I've got the right person. They're they're motivated. They're brilliant. They've got the exact skills we need and then getting them in the door. Are you guys able to make all of that happen? If you, you know, we've, we've tried to create, you know, we've got the AD system, which is a little easier to hire. We've got the, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I know you guys use it. The, that are all, yeah, these that are alternatives to the GS system. What what are you guys doing to create a more favorable environment to bring in the talent that maybe they don't have the, you know, veterans disability or they don't have some of the, you know, they're not a military spouse or you pick all of these categories that can sort of knock really good young talent out. What are y'all doing to keep to bring that talent in? Adam, you know, I, I really appreciate that question. And the one thing that I will tell you is um, when you compare the federal hiring process to the um, private sector hiring process, it, it is like night and day. Um, you know, there's a lot more flexibility that private sector entities have to be able to go out here and quickly uh, hire someone who they think meet the, you know, the requirements of the, of the job and have the skills that they need to to, to, to acquire. Um, I can tell you that the, our, our labs, plants, and sites have more flexibility there than, than your traditional federal kind of inside of NNSA. And so I think we certainly leverage those flexibilities on our NSC side greatly. So I would encourage, you know, all of our folks to be, you know, have hope, you know, there, there is uh there is flexibility on our, on our labs, plants, and site, uh, sites side of the house uh, to be able to hire you know, in a more flexible way than what you will find on the federal side. That said, NNSA does have flexibilities on the federal side as well. We have the accepted service authority that allows us to be able to hire people pretty much um, kind of like, you know, direct hire or right off the street. You know, that's a flexibility that was provided to NNSA because of its emission and the importance of it. You know, you'd hate to see you know, a hiring system stop you from being able to get critical talent in place to do the important job that we do. Um, and so that accepted service authority um, provides us with uh, that uh, uh, that tool to allow us to be able to hire people quickly. So we do have that flexibility. Um, the other thing that we have is our demonstration project. You know, oftentimes compensation within the GS system, the federal government system can be um, pretty, um, uh, you know, regulated and and and, and um, prescriptive. Um, we have flexibility in how we uh, set pay. We have flexibility in um, how quickly people move from you know one level to the next. Um, we oftentimes tout our demonstration project as allowing us to be able to recognize um, those high performers with faster growth um, and and pay. And so I can tell you that that um, I think our system is. Um, right at the top of systems within the federal government when it comes to um, recognizing pay for performance um, without regard to 
you know, tenure as much. You know, the federal system is generally a tenure-based system. If you're a high performer, you can move quickly within NSA on the federal side. Um, and we also um, believe that it provides greater compensation. So, so not just moving to the top, but greater compensation than our GS counterparts. So um, that's a great point you raise, Adam. The systems that we operate within can be sometimes a barrier, I think, to being, um, you know, doing things quickly. But NNSA has been able to leverage flexibilities provided it by Congress um, to be able to um, overcome overcome that uh, that challenge. So, great great question, and uh, really appreciate you asking that. Now it is that time in the show where I like to bring out Bob the genie, and as I rub my magic lamp, of course, Bob grants all guests three wishes but they have to be related to the topics we've been discussing. So no world peace, no unlimited wishes. Uh, so as, as Bob grants you your three wishes, Marcus, w- what is wish number one? Adam, I love, I love Bob, by the way. I love, <laughs> I love the idea of Bob. I mean, this is great. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have had an opportunity to kind of talk about that, think about this. And I, I think really what I would, say first is really a full understanding by our public, you know, by the, by the, by our citizens of the importance of the nuclear deterrent, the, the nonproliferation and counterterrorism work we do and our Naval reactors mission, just really understanding that and how that supports the safety and security and quite frankly, the freedoms that we all um, enjoy and that are really kind of foundational to 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 the system we have in this country. So so I think that would be one of the one of the first things that I would ask for is is that understanding of the importance of the mission and how it um how it really supports the way of life we have here. Um the next is really kind of this idea of STEM talent. We touched on it, but I think you know just ensuring that we could create um this appreciation for STEM talent, for STEM as, 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 as kind of a group of disciplines and, and the importance of that to our future and, and really have those folks who are pursuing uh, education, not, you know, art is great and philosophy is great. I mean, I'm totally, you know, I'm a fan of those things. Um, but to the extent that you have an inclination or, or interest in those STEM areas to pursue those areas, with this eye uh, towards, you know, community service and support. I think if I could, you know, have Bob, you know, grant a wish, it would be to kind of shift the mindsets uh, there just a little bit, help us shift the mindset there. Um, and then the, the third one would, for me would be more personal. It would really be, you know, innovation, you know, making sure that I remain open as a, as a leader supporting this work to the ways that we can improve that I remain at, kind of agile and 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 always open to new ideas. You know, one of the things that I've learned as a leader is that as much as you want to be, you know, you think you're open, there's a chance that you you, you may not be. And so, just making sure that I remain open to to being innovative and coming up with strategies and ideas and being open to hearing those from others that could absolutely impact the effectiveness of our recruitment and retention effort. I think that would be a personal request that I would make from Bob. And it's not to be a millionaire. Um, it, it would, it would really be to, to be more open to the innovative ideas out there. Um, 
and to take advantage of them. Now, as as we close out the show, and you know our listeners have been you know listening and thinking about you know what you've offered today, what would you sort of what would you want as your your walking away message? The, the, you know that takeaway. Well, um, wow, you know that takeaway. Um, I I really would like to put an S on that, but you know number one is that we have exciting work um, that we are engaged in. We have a career's worth of opportunity for you. And we would love to have you, the best and the brightest, come support this great mission that we have. Um, that that would really be my message or takeaway to any STEM can any, anyone who's seeking employment, um, and I want to make a point too, whether it's a skilled trade or it's a PhD in you know nuclear physics, um, we really want um, and can use all of that great talent, and we've got great opportunities for you. And I would love to be able to leave that message in a way that caused people to be interested in the work we have and. Uh, to, to, to give us a call and, and um, inquire about those opportunities. All right. Marcus Lee, a deputy associate administrator for management at the National Nuclear Security Administration. Thanks for joining us on Nuclecast. Thank you, Adam. Really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. And thanks to you, the listeners, for joining us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Marcus Leah, what a great, uh, it was a great interview uh, to talk about all of the programs, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know all of the things NNSA was doing to recruit talent, all the different programs and fellowships and partnerships with schools. And so it was really interesting to hear what all they're doing to try to bring in that talent, particularly as we're, we're not building enough engineers and we're not building enough of that technical talent. So to see NNSA reaching out and trying to get that good talent, that was that was great to hear. This has been a production of the Anwar Deterrent Center, a 501c3 that seeks to educate key decision makers, stakeholders, and the public to ensure a broader understanding of the nation's strategic nuclear deterrent. Our executive producer is Kimberly Chanington, and this episode has been engineered and mixed by David Crumpall. Help us grow our followers by sharing it and follow the show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Nuclecast.